Hello, welcome, and would you look at this mess? I'm your host, Kate, and the purpose of this podcast is to trace, explore, and celebrate the unconventionality that lives within all of us. Hey, hi, welcome back. I hope that you've had a good week. Um, last week for me was, I don't know, <laughs> it was weird. It's um, the official quote-unquote March break for Emmeline, or it was. Um, so she was home, but Bobby's still in daycare, and uh, we didn't have anything planned, so um, it was just, I don't know, the week was weird. And I'm going to get into a little bit more about why some personal stuff about why the week was weird as well. Something I've been hesitant to talk about because, anyway, I'm going to explain it. I'm going to explain it all. Um, I want to talk about money, honestly. I feel like we don't talk about money very often socially. And that is not a good thing, in my opinion. I think it makes people feel very alienated when they have money problems. And... um, especially in the age of social media, things like Instagram, it can sort of give the appearance or the illusion that people have their shit together. And in a lot of cases, we just don't. And I don't think we should be ashamed or dishonest, in my opinion. I think a lot of us are being dishonest about how things are going financially for us. Um, This is especially true for Nick and I right now because of the pandemic. And this was really what what struck me and what made me think that I wanted to talk about this because if I didn't ever mention it, I don't think anybody would ever guess how much we're how much trouble we're having financially right now. Um <clears throat> it made me think about it because we were putting together some furniture that we had bought back in December. It's now the middle of April. Um, when we had a bit of uh, an influx of money in December, and so we we splurged on this credenza that I I ended up it got delivered though this week, and so I was talking about that on Instagram and blah blah blah, and I'm like going on, and I thought you know people probably think that like we're rolling in dough. I feel like that maybe one of the images that I project into the world, and I don't want people to think that because it is not accurate. And again, especially right now, so I'm going to kind of walk through what's going on, why things are the way they are now, and a whole bunch of different things are going to converge here that uh, that I've talked about on the pod. So I feel like this is, this is a good way to illustrate some of that stuff because, so let's start with last year. Okay, so um, the very first layer I think that needs to be laid down here is that we have children and children need to be cared for. So it costs money to do that. Um, whether they're in school or they're in daycare, whether there's always for us, there's always an associated cost with having our children looked after. So Bobby is in full-time daycare. Emmeline was last year in part-time after-school care or part-time part-time um, school, school care. It was after school. So they offer a program that does both before and after, but we only uh, had her in aftercare. Either way, it would cost money. The one upside last year was that we happened to fall into a tax bracket from when Nick was on parental leave after Bobby was born that re- that sort of artificially reduced our income. So the tw- 2018 tax year we paid, what year was it? Yeah, 2018. 
we paid um, a lot less in taxes. And the city of Hamilton runs a subsidy program that will help you pay for your childcare if you are on the lower income side. So because of the way everything worked out that for that tax year, we qualified for quite a, a sizable subsidy last year. So from, I want to say we, we fully qualified for it and started using it in like January, February, something like that. Um, but then obviously middle of March, uh, s- s- pandemic started and uh, then kids were pulled out of daycare and school and everything else. So we sort of had to forfeit all of that money, all of that subsidy, um, because Bobby didn't have a, a daycare spot available until just this past uh, February. So now we're in a new tax year, and there are some other complications there that I'm going to go over too. But so he didn't start back at daycare until February. Emmeline was in school from September until um, till December, and then from February through to March. But because I was home still, we're not going to put her in after-school care. And also because the cost of after-school care and the there was quite a, a huge wait list at the beginning. We were just like, no, we're not going to do that. That's not worth it for any of us. So neither of them have any had any child care costs. So when I lost my job last year, um, because the kids didn't have any associated um, costs for care, Uh, The government was giving us $2,000 a month to make up for the income loss. And so it wasn't quite as much money as I normally would have made at my job. But because we didn't have any child care costs, we were doing fine. Financially, we did we did well over the over that year. And I was like, okay, this feels good. Like we're in a good place. And so financially, the, the pandemic did not stress us at all in the beginning or for months. Um, then in September, the end of September, early October, the government petered out the uh, what was called CERB program. So if you were accessing CERB, you were moved to EI. And so that meant that we took a hit because EI doesn't cover as much as what CERB did. So we did take a little financial hit then. I did start doing some part-time administrative work at that time. So I was kind of feeling like maybe I was making up the difference. I don't think I really was. But anyway, it wasn't a huge difference. Then um, I screwed up. And now this is where I was saying different things are going to come up here. Um, this is one of my my ADHD things where things that are actually important to deal with end up falling off of my radar and and or I feel uncomfortable about doing them. And so I just avoid them. So I made a mistake on one of my EI claims in November. And it sent me a notification saying, we can't process your... EI claim until you resolve this, you have to call this 1-800 number. So knowing that I am how I am, I, I called the number right away because I know that if I don't act immediately, it means it's going to fall to the wayside and that's a problem. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> they weren't able to take my call because they were experiencing a higher than normal volume of calls. And so they just never, I just never got on the phone with anybody. I tried a couple more times to call and then eventually it, it, fell off like I I thought it would. Um, No amount of me knowing that it's going to fall off of my radar is helpful for me, which is a very frustrating reality because a lot of times, you know, awareness is very useful. In this case, awareness is completely useless. (laughs) It did not help me to get things sorted any faster. So that was November. It wasn't until January 
that I officially dealt with that problem. And what ended up happening actually was that I logged back into my account and it had, it had, um, the system had ended my, my previous, um, claim, whatever it's called, um, what my, my previous EI claim. So I just had to restart it, which was easier because <laughs> it could be done virtually. I, and so I just restarted it at that time and then started over with the EI stuff. So I started getting EI payments again. And again, because you know we had an influx of money come in in December um, through a little bit of holiday money and Nick got a decent sized bonus and he got, um, he has shares in his company. So he got, um, a, a, what do you call it? Oh boy, I should know what this is called. <laughs> a rebate or whatever it's called. Um, money back from his his shares in December as well. So we had some money. Um, we were also feeling pretty down about the fact that like we'd lost so much socially and everything over the year that we kind of like splurged on some stuff for Christmas for the for the kids and ourselves. So we spent a lot of it, um, thinking that you know it was fine. Um, but so because I wasn't getting those EI payments and then I was kind of working spotty on and off here and there casually, um, my contribution to our household finances was significantly lower than it would have been normally. I mean, I still think we would have struggled even if it hadn't been because um, we just weren't bringing in as much as we were before. But the one major catalyst of the struggle we're facing right now is the fact that Bobby is in daycare again, and I'm not working. Um, he has, I think I've gone through this before and sort of this, this struggle, and this is, again, indicative of like another layer of things where trying to be a working mother can be so counterintuitive sometimes because the spot for him became available in February. And I knew that we had to take that option because the chances of having another spot come up given where things are going pandemic-wise and everything else, and just given how hard it is to get daycare spots, I knew we had to take it. So we jumped on it, um, even though we didn't have my income yet to support it. Um, and that's really what has set us back. And so this is very frustrating because... <sighs> Again, I, we can't not take the spot because we know that I'm going to be starting work at some point in the spring. Um, but now we have to pay for something that we don't actually have the income to support. So we thought, well, whatever, we're just going to bite the bullet and, you know, tighten up, <clears throat> tighten the reins on what we spend for, for a couple months and it'll work out. Um, and frankly, it really hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't worked out at all. Um, my, my ability to earn an income has been curbed substantially. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we ended up having to borrow some money to finish, to pay off a couple of our, our bills. Um, I think it was either late February or, or early March, something like that. Um, and then the other thing that like, again, this is, it's so weird how, how things are again, perceptions and everything else, because I haven't really talked about this uh, anywhere because I've spoken before on the podcast about how anti-car I am, um, but we've had to buy another car. So that sucks. But because of the pandemic, Nick can't 
beyond transit. It's not, it doesn't feel safe for us to be exposed for him to be taking transit to work. Um, and it also takes a long, long time for him to do that. So in terms of him being able to be home at a reasonable time and all of that stuff, it just makes the most sense for him to drive, which is not, he's always taken transit since we've lived here. Um, and so that meant that I had the car available, but now he has to drive to work. I was, um, my, my field season is gearing up. So we had to buy another car. We had to borrow the money from Nick's parents to buy the car. Um, so we've now borrowed quite a bit of money from his parents for these various things. So again, if I wasn't upfront about the fact that we didn't just buy this car on our own, then it would present the illusion that we have money, that we have money to spend on things. Um, and even the fact that like now we have to pay more car insurance on it, we have to put gas in it, all of that stuff is stressful. <laughs> because again, like right now, I'm not driving it because I'm not working yet. So that's fine. We're still paying the insurance on it. Um, so it's just like continuously increasing our bills, <laughs> despite the fact that I'm not making any more money. Um, and so we're at a real pinch point right now. Very, very, very tight. Um, and again, like I said, we've already borrowed a little bit of money to, to make ends meet, but we're, and I mean, I have to say, you know, I realize I take for granted, I definitely have taken for granted and I definitely have the privilege of ordinarily not being fussed about money. Ordinarily, we live a fairly comfortable life. Like there's never, except for a few months in 2014, when I was starting grad school and we had moved provinces and Nick didn't have a job yet, we were living on only my income as a grad student, which was like 1600 bucks a month or something. And our rent was 1500. Um, other than that little period of time, we have never been so closely watching our finances. And, and to the point where sometimes it's like, we got to find 20 bucks to make this last bill work on this particular date. Um, because the date that things come due for payments and the dates that we're getting paid for certain things aren't lining up. And it just, it is incredibly stressful, very, very stressful. And so again, I just want to acknowledge that like, we are extraordinarily privileged that this is an unusual situation for us, because I know that there are millions of people who live this way month to month. And I can't even imagine what that stress does to your body over the years, right? And so this, again, makes me feel like we need to start moving towards a bit more of a socialist kind of ideology more overall, because I don't want anybody to ever feel the way that we feel right now. And I know that people do. I know that it's just part of people's life a lot of the time. Anyway, so we are really pinched. And, um, and so the other thing that I was sort of alluding to earlier, that's, again, it's really stressful. Um, I'm interviewing for a job right now. And I don't, again, I haven't been talking about this publicly because um, I don't really want it to be out that this is happening because <clears throat> I do love my other job, but it's very, very hard to do. And I am finding it very difficult even entering this season right now to feel excited about doing it. And I'm just really, really, really wishing that I just don't have to do it. And anyway, so I've been interviewing for this other job, which is actually kind of a dream job for me, um, 
with a private consulting firm. It would be permanent, full-time, salaried. Like it would, it would be in a lot of ways. And then just the job itself, it's, it's doing engagement stuff with indigenous communities throughout the country and stuff. So it would just tick, it would, it would tick a lot of boxes for us in terms of me having regular, good paid work, right? Being paid what I'm worth and all that. Um, and consistent and reliable. Uh, because right now, the other flip side of that is that I've technically started my field job uh, now. But um, like last, I'm trying to think now what, so a, about a week ago, they said, okay, we're going to try to get everybody out for like the 14th of April. And I, I emailed them and I said, can you please let me know if you really think that you're going to have work for me, because I have to organize and coordinate my life with, according to this, right? Like Nick needs to be home with Emmelyn if I'm going in the field, because again, she's, she was on March break. Now schools are closed permanently. Um, so we need to know if I need, if he needs to be home. Ideally, he's going to the office because his job is very hands-on on-site stuff. So it's like he can work from home, but that's a really not ideal situation. So they said, yeah, sure. Um, make sure that you're ready to go. Like, great. And then on, so they were saying to start Wednesday because we had orientation Monday, Tuesday. They were saying we would be in the field for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Tuesday afternoon. Oh, yeah, sorry. We don't have work for everybody. If you don't have an email already, then don't. Then, it, then you're not going to be in the field. So I'm like, okay, I haven't heard anything. So that means I'm not in the field this week. That's great. <laughs> Good to know. Um, and then they said, but keep your eyes open for like for Thursday and Friday later this week. You'll, I'm, we're we're going to try and get more of you out there, blah, blah, blah. Friday afternoon, I got an email and this just irked me. And also it tells me how fragile I am at this particular point in time because the email subject line said deployment April 19th to 23rd. And usually that, that subject line in an email means that you're being deployed. That's what it indicates. But the content of the email said, yeah, there's been a lot of rain this week, so we don't have any work for you coming up the next week. And I just sat and had like a good long cry because I didn't want to get my hopes up that I was going to be out in the field, but I really did feel like they were indicating that they were going to be having work for me. And again, given our extraordinarily precarious financial situation, um, I was hopeful that that we would be able to get onto the, the positive side, get it more into the black and not be so in the red by the end of this month, or at least knowing that into May we would have some, some decent money coming into the home. And so that was really, really, really hard. I, I had a pretty strong breakdown <laughs> and I said to Nick, like, you know, cause I got this administrative stuff that I can do too, but it really needs to be done in office and we can't go to the office right now. So I can't do that either. And last year I had a retail job, but I can't do the retail job either. So I feel like I have like four jobs right now, but actually none. And I said to Nick, you know, this is so, so hard for me because somebody else is dictating my whole life. Somebody else is determining whether or not I get to make money every week. And that just, it hurts. It would be fine if we didn't need the money, if it wasn't so desperate right now, but we are, we really are. And I was like, 
oh, this is painful, you know? (laughs) And like, you can't necessarily reach out to your employer and be like, hey, I'm super desperate for money. Can you please find me something? Like, it's just, it it, reeks of unprofessionalism to do that. So I'm just like, yeah, okay, thanks. (laughs) You know, what am I supposed to say? And so, so again, I was saying like this past week was really hard because the, the other job that I've been interviewing for they had said to me, I interviewed almost three weeks, three weeks ago now. So yeah, three weeks on Monday. They, I interviewed, they said, we'll let you know by the end of next week. And then that week came and they said, hey, we're working through the process. We're going to have an answer for you next week. And that was this past week. And now I'm like, uh, they didn't call me. They didn't email me. I haven't heard anything. This is extremely frustrating because again, if it's a yes, it changes our life dramatically at this point, like especially right now. Overall, it changes our life quite a bit. But in this particular moment, it changes our life financially in a, in a very meaningful way. And so I'm like, I just, I just want to know, I just want to know if I can like be, if I know that at the end of this next few weeks, that something good is on the horizon, that, that we have something solid coming. Even if I don't start right away, like I know that we can get through the next few weeks and then it's going to get sunny. But I don't know. I don't know. I think that the, the longer they leave me hanging, the more likely the answer is yes, because like, why would they keep, you know, not answering me if they, if it was no, why would they, why would they torture me that way? But anyway, um, yeah, so the reason I'm, I'm talking about this here is just because there are so few people who listen to this podcast that it's not likely to come back to haunt me. I hope it doesn't um, because I haven't told the archaeology firm yet that I'm, that I'm in this process because, again, why would I, like, say something if I don't have any idea what the answer is going to be at this point? So I'm just kind of straddling these couple of different jobs um, and again, this this opportunity to really change my career traje- trajectory and my my ability to like provide the financial support that my family really could use right now. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm just like feeling very out of sorts. I feel like it's also layered into the fact that I am an intellectual person. I enjoy being challenged. I enjoy being having something to do and to work on and stuff. And lately it's just been a whole lot of nothing, nothing going on. Um, trying to keep myself busy with my committee work and other stuff. But, but I'm also hyper-focusing on the fact that I might get this job. <laughs> like, it's hard to do anything else when all I can think about is, are they going to call me? Are they going to call me? Am I going to get an email? Like, it's just, again, this stupid brain of mine doesn't, doesn't function well with uncertainty and knowing that there's an answer out there, but I don't get it. I don't, I don't get to have it. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, I think it's just, it's unfortunate that this is the situation we're in right now. I said to Nick, like, if this were last year, I actually wouldn't feel, I don't think I would have felt so stressed because the government was providing financial support back then, like good financial support. Right now, again, EI doesn't cover as much. And so now we ha- we're we bringing in less money, but we have to pay out more money because I have to be prepared to go to work. <laughs> like, 
this system doesn't really function all that well for people like me who want to go to work, but are not like don't have the means to do it. Right. And again, super, super fortunate and privileged that we're, we, we will never it would take a it would take a huge catastrophic loss for us to be in a position where we would lose everything. Like I know Nick's parents are there as a safety net should we ever actually need that kind of help. So we have that, right? Like we're and we have tons of equity in our home, you know, like we're we'll be okay no matter what. Not everybody will, but it still feels very 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 stressful. Um, and so what I was, sorry, what I was getting at there was that I'm ready to do something. I'm ready to do something. It's like, okay, coach, I'm ready. Put me in. You know, like I've been sitting around for like 13 months now, just waiting for something to happen, waiting to have this, this challenge, this, uh, something in my life that requires me to like put in real effort, you know, even if it is field work, I still I get to physically use my body if I do that. And this other job would be much more sort of project management stuff, which is also interesting and challenging in its own way. But um, again, somebody else is in control of those things. Somebody else gets to decide if I get to do those things. And this is where I'm like, I fucking hate capitalism. You know, capitalism sucks because... I'm tied to it. If I weren't tied to the fact that those are the things that could make me money, then I would do something else. <laughs> but I don't have that option. So anyway, hopefully, like I said, mentioning that this is the process I'm in right now isn't going to bite me in the butt. But I really had to talk about it because I wanted to talk about the fact that I want to be transparent about our, our financial situation, which is not good. And I also really felt like I needed to just like, ugh, get this stuff out of my head a little bit. You know, I'm really struggling with waiting around to hear about this, this job. I've never been through an interview process where, um, they, they don't just interview me and then a day or two later or on the spot say, okay, here's, here's your job. Like <laughs> waiting weeks and weeks and weeks to go through the multiple interviews that I've been through at this point. And then still waiting around to like, and there's a chance that I have to interview again. They, they may not have like a straight, straight answer by the time they do contact me. And I'm like, this is so painful, so painful. Um, and I don't know if that's, again, because like of the neurodivergence where I'm very instant gratification, need things, responses right away. Like I'm not patient at all about things. Or if it's just this particular situation, again, where, like, I just want to know if, if I actually have a future where m money is part of the equation, where, like, a good income is part of the equation. <laughs> because otherwise I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to start selling myself. <laughs> not literally. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I don't think that I would take that path again unless it was, like, really necessary. I know that actually, so that's a whole other topic I would love to talk about. I know that there's been a rise of, of women who, especially who have been turning to the sex industry, especially online and stuff during the pandemic. And I find that very fascinating. And I would love to take a dive into that at some point too, because I think um, it's it might actually help turn the tide a little bit because we have so much negative stigma towards women in the sex trades and, and online or in person. And uh, so the more people that are doing it, 
even if it's just casually, the more likely people are going to be sort of sympathetic to the fact that it's not a demonic, um, you know, abuse-laden industry necessarily. I'm sure that there is, and like, or I know that there is, but but there are parts to it that are actually positive, and women do this stuff because they they enjoy it, right? Um, primarily, I wouldn't do it because I, I wouldn't know how to disguise myself and not out myself to everyone that knows me, and then Nick would be mortified. <laughs> but anyway... Um, no, I wouldn't not do it because I think that it's immoral or something. I don't agree with that at all. Anyway, so yeah, it's just things are tough and I don't want this to sound like a pity party. Again, I, uh, I have a lot going for me and we're going to be okay. Like I know at the end of the day, things are going to be okay, but right now it just feels really sucky. And part of it is because like, you know, I want to be able to do some things to my house. I want to add some plants and some other decor, but I don't have the money to buy anything. I bought myself a $5 plant yesterday and I'm so happy about it, <laughs> but I can't, I can't afford to do anything. Whereas like this, again, this time last year or over last year, we had that bit, a little bit of extra money and we weren't paying, our expenses were a lot lower. So we were able to kind of do some fun things and, and essentially distract ourselves. And that's what I feel like I need is a distraction from all of the BS going on right now. I've, I feel like I should record another episode about how this coronavirus is, is impacting us again because we're in full-on third wave now and it is the worst by far that it's been this entire time. And um, I'm so, so unhappy and disappointed in how our administration is is handling everything um, it's just, it's, it's a real shit show. <laughs> so perhaps I'll talk about that in a week or two. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else is going through similar things or experienced something similar where for a long time we were being sort of held up. The government was really doing its part in helping keeping us afloat. And now we're, we're really struggling. Um, cause I feel like the narrative at the beginning of the pandemic was that people were struggling from the outset. Um, but I don't know that there's been a ton of narrative about how people are struggling months and months and months later when the government funding is dried up, when there's this lack of recognition that life has to start to come to, to go back to some sort of normal, but not everything. Um, and so in our case, you know, Bobby goes back to daycare. We start paying for daycare. Oh yeah. I did sort of say I was going to talk more about that subsidy. So, um, the two things I wanted to, to mention were that, uh, we're not, we probably won't qualify for the subsidy even when I am working full time because our income is much higher or our income from like the 20, uh, 20, uh, taxes or even 2019 taxes is a lot higher than it was in 2018. So that probably disqualifies us. But the other thing that's interesting is that we both have to be working full time in order to qualify for it or in well, like in school or whatever. Like, you, But basically, they won't help you pay for childcare if you're not working, even though I'm not working because I can't, <laughs> not because I don't want to. 
Um, so yeah, so because we looked into getting the subsidy again, even to help us cover the cost of childcare for that little the little bit that I'm I'm not working in, and actually they won't help help us unless I am working. So I was like, sometimes these programs, like I understand the government doesn't want to pay for you to sit around. Like I get that. I could see how that could be easily abused, but at the same time. It's not like I don't want to work. It's not that I don't have a job lined up or that employment isn't coming or pending, right? Um, and so these programs sometimes can be more hindering than helpful in that case anyway. Um, I was actually supposed to do um, a focus group. I took a survey from the city of Hamilton about how the pandemic has affected working mothers and stuff. Um, and I indicated in the survey that I would be open to doing a focus group and I, I agreed to do the focus group. And then, um, yeah, it was from like 8 to 9 p.m. on a Wednesday. And I actually forgot about it until the Thursday morning, but I forgot because bedtime was such a disaster that night that I was so wrapped up in it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. So anyway, I'm kind of sad that I missed it because I would have been interested to know what other people have experienced. Um, how this is, this is all affecting other people. But basically, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how it goes. Even even Nick right now is is in a precarious position at work because again, he should be on site. like he his his job right now is is very hands-on. Um, but he's changing projects because the project is closing. And so when we were looking at like whether or not I can even commit to being in the field, there, it's still a question mark because if he changes jobs and they say, no, there's absolutely no way that you can work from home, then I have to stay home again because Emmeline is here because schools are closed. <laughs> um, so I have no choice. Whereas if they are open to it, then that changes things a bit, but we won't know until he changes jobs. And they don't tell him until like a day or two before he goes to his new project. And it's like, <laughs> so... Anyway, it's uh, it's a mess and uh, stressful. So that's life, right? We're going to get through it. And again, if you're experiencing something similar, I don't know if you've experienced anything like what we're going through, but if you have, I feel for you. Um, or if you're having financial difficulties, I fully understand. I totally get it. Um, even if you typically are the higher income earner income earning or you know highly privileged and whatnot it's frankly it can be challenging to have some of those things taken away from you even though you're you're used to having them so I get it anyway I think that's that's it I'll wrap it up from here um I hope you enjoyed I hope it's maybe it's a little relatable I don't know um and yeah, always, always feel free to reach out if you, if you want to chat about any of this stuff. I do get messages sometimes from some people and I love, I love getting the feedback. I really do. Even if it's not like, even, like I had someone message me, actually I should, I should do a follow-up, um, message me about something uh, a little bit on the critical side of something that I talked about. And I was like, great, thank you for sharing that with me because I don't have, I don't hold all the perspectives. I don't have all of the understandings of people's experiences. So I look forward to hearing things like that to say, hey, I have this other view on something. So don't be shy if you feel like there's something I've talked about or that, you know, that you, you doesn't resonate with you or that you feel differently. Please feel free to let me know. 
Um, and uh, as always, if you liked the episode, please give it a rating. Um, drop a review if you want on Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. And I wish you well. I hope you're doing well. And if you're not, I feel confidently that it will get better. So have a good one and I will see you in the next one.